This is Hagahelia Porvo Stories, episode 16. My name is Yanilunga, and today's episode is the grand finale of the podcast episode series we've been having for a couple of weeks on the topic of time management and productivity. Over the last few episodes, we talked about some of the challenges you may face when it comes to being productive. We looked at different strategies you could use, how to actually, among those strategies, to choose the approach or approaches that will work for you. And last time, we looked at a few tools that will help you get things done and making sure that nothing is forgotten. Today, we're going to look at three keys to energizing yourself and increase your performance, because I think everybody wants to be good at getting things done and tools are great. But if you aren't energized, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling demotivated, then it's going to be way, way harder for you to actually be able to get things done. And for today's episode, I've actually tapped into my archive of podcast episodes. I have my own podcasts outside of Hagahelia. I've been podcasting since 2014. And today I thought it would be interesting to bring you some content from an interview I did a few years ago with Tom Rath. Tom Rath is a health and well-being researcher from the States, and he is an international and New York Times bestselling author of 10 books, including the one that today's content revolves around, which is called Are You Fully Charged? The Three Keys to Energizing Your Work and Life. A few years ago, I sat down with and interviewed Tom Rath for one of my podcasts, and I asked him about what are the three keys to energizing your work and life. And I thought that his advice and the content he shared back then is actually really connected to productivity. And I wanted to bring that to you. So what are the three keys to energizing yourself? Here is Tom Rath talking about the first one. The first of the three keys that I talk about in Are You Fully Charged is ensuring that you spend a little bit of time doing meaningful work each and every day. And also it's about acknowledging that connection. So when I asked 10,000 people in a survey if they did a lot of meaningful work yesterday, just 20% said they did a lot of meaningful work. But <laughs> my, my hunch is that most of us, a majority of people maybe, are doing some meaningful work but we're not able to go back and connect the dots and we're not consciously acknowledging mm -hmm. that. So when Teresa Amababla and her colleagues at Harvard, I looked at journal entries of 10,000 workers a few years ago, they found that the single best predictor of job satisfaction and well-being was making small progress and little wins that were meaningful on a daily basis. And so if you're mm -hmm. preparing food in a restaurant if you can simply see the smiles on the faces of customers who are eating the food you prepare, you make better quality food, you find more meaning in your work, and you make more nutritious mm -hmm. food. If you're a radiologist who's looking at MRI and CT films of patients all day, you'd think that people in that job would think it's meaningful no matter what. But when researchers appended a photo of a patient to the radiological record, it improved their diagnostic accuracy by 46% compared to a wow. control group. So it's about not only making sure you have time to do a little meaningful work each day, but then also figuring out how can you see the direct influence of your work a little bit more so that uh, you feel good about the way it's impacting other people in the world each day. 
doing meaningful work every single day. And not only that, but being aware of doing the meaningful work is very, very important. And obviously, Tom Rath, in the interview with it, covered the concept from the work perspective. But even if you aren't working, you're still doing work as a student every single day. So the idea here is to actually take a moment to reflect on your work and be aware and appreciate the work you do that you deem to be meaningful. The work that basically has a positive impact, for example, on your classmates and you see that they are satisfied and as a result, you are happy. And I think the example Tom Rath made of the restaurant worker who feels that his or her work is meaningful because his customers smiling is a very good example. So the first key to energize yourself is to do meaningful work every single day and be aware of that. And we may think that this is quite obvious, but if you think about it, I'm pretty sure that you may have had days, even recently, where you feel like you have done things, but you aren't really sure that those things were meaningful. And that kind of has a negative impact on you. So if you want to change things around, that's the first key. The second key has to do with the interactions you have. The second key I think we far too often take for granted is building stronger relationships and in particular having far more positive than negative interactions on a day-to-day basis. At least 80% of our interactions need to be more positive and focus on our strengths and what we're doing well in comparison to the ones that are not. And the, mm-hmm. the reason for that is because all of the psychological research that I've studied makes it pretty clear that a single negative interaction carries a much heavier load and a negative charge that offsets three, four, even five positive interactions uh, as a result of that. So we, if you think about this in a work context, we need to figure out ways that, first of all, that we're paying attention to other people, which is easier to say than to do right now with all the distractions we have. So you first got to make sure you're paying attention to the people who matter most. And then once you're paying attention, spend at least 80% or more of your time focusing on that person's strengths, their victories, noticing what people do well, spotting their mm-hmm. strengths. And then, of course, by no means would anything I've looked at suggest that you should ignore the negative or ignore areas where people are struggling. But that should really be more like 10 or 20% of your time in conversation, not the 80 or 90% of the time it can consume in traditional performance reviews in the workplace, for example. You maybe think that this is harder to implement nowadays because of the coronavirus situation, but come on, think about it. We have so many tools. You have WhatsApp, you have Zoom, Microsoft Teams, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have your phone. You can simply call, text, make video calls. In other words, be in touch with people who you know put you in a positive mood, who give you positive vibes. And Tom Rath talked about the 80-20 rule. So whenever possible, try to spend 80% of your interactions on positive things, things, you know, that are going to put you in a better mood and try whenever possible to ignore or minimize the number of interactions you have that are outside of that area. So let's call them negative interactions. The third key is actually a big, big one. And I'm sure it's something you have heard about before. And what I'm referring to is your health. The third key is to put your own energy and physical health 
first in order to do more for other people. So just before I get into the kind of the details of how this works, what I've noticed is that so many really well-intended people, so you have nurses and leaders and teachers, they're really good at putting everybody else's needs in front of their own and thinking that their own health can wait. Right. But what happens is that if you don't prioritize getting sleep tonight and if you don't prioritize getting a little activity tomorrow morning so you're in a better mood and you're active throughout the day, and if you don't prioritize the right foods for breakfast, there's no way you can be anywhere near as effective as you could be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 4 o'clock in the afternoon when your students or your customers or your patients are counting on you to be your best. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like the oxygen mask example you hear on airplanes sometimes where you've got to put on your own oxygen mask first in order to be effective in serving the people you care about. The way to do that, it starts with, there are kind of three core elements that work together for you or against you. And um, the first one's getting that good night of sleep. Because if you get a good night's sleep tonight, no matter how bad your day was, it's almost like the reset button on a video game where you get a fresh mm-hmm. start tomorrow. And tomorrow morning, if you get even 20 minutes of activity, ride a bike, walking around, whatever it might be, that puts you in a better mood for the next 12 hours where you're more likely to be active and up and around throughout the day instead of spending eight or 10 hours in a chair. And you're more likely to make good decisions about what you eat early on in the day. So you save your willpower for seven or eight o'clock in the evening when you need it most to avoid temptations and bad choices. And if you can kind of do those three things in combination in terms of making small choices so you eat, move, and sleep well, that leads to an upward spiral of progressively better days where you can do more for other people as a product of it. I said it at the beginning of the episode, you can use all the tools you want, all the strategies to try to be more productive. But if you aren't basically at your top level, if you aren't bringing your A game, if you aren't energized, then it's going to be harder to be able to get things done. So you want to make sure that one of the things you don't forget about is actually your health. And when it comes to this last point, there are a couple of things that actually fall in that category. And one is pretty straightforward, is physical activity. You may remember Xenia actually talked about physical activity in a past episode when talking about the Pomodoro technique. And in case you actually missed that episode, here's a quick replay of what Xenia said. The Pomodoro model or technique that you do something 25 or 30 minutes, have a break for five minutes and then start again. Because then your brain has time for a break and to reevaluate everything and then it's easier to start again even the break is not that long but in this break it's really important that you focus on break so it's like a cup of tea or stretching or something or go outside fresh air is always a good thing i do it a lot go for a walk you have fresh air you have movement and you feel much better And then you're fresh and then you have a fresh mind and then you can start again. So what does activity look like for you? Is it walking? Is it playing some sports? Is it doing something else? You want to make sure that you incorporate activities into your daily routine. We talked about routine last time. And actually, when it comes to activity, during our interview, Tom Rath touched upon the concept of chronic inactivity. So let's hear from Tom Rath talking about the danger of chronic inactivity. 
what matters most before you even think about exercise is to build little bursts of activity in throughout your day. So with all the research I've read, I'm convinced that chronic inactivity, just people sitting in chairs for 8, 10, 12 hours a day is a much bigger problem today than lack of cardiovascular exercise. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think we should all prioritize moving around throughout the day first, because even if you work out for a full hour, you can offset that by sitting for several hours throughout the day right. pretty quickly. So to start with just building little activity in every 30 minutes, every hour, at least a few minutes every hour, so you're not sitting for two hours in a row. And then when it comes to exercise, if you're able to get time to exercise, which can be intimidating, most people don't, but if you're able to, if you can do it in the morning, that statistically gives you a mood boost three hours later, six hours later, and 12 hours later that you would theoretically sleep through if you exercised in the evening. That being said, exercising cardiovascular activity in the evening is far better for you than not having any, any cardiovascular activity at all. Right. And there were some studies on people used to say that, oh, it's hard to sleep if you work out late at night. The experimental research I've looked at in the last few years suggests that's not true either. So I think there's kind of a tier of activity for people where first just make sure you're not sitting in a chair all day without standing and walking <laughs> quite a bit. And then if you can exercise, it might be better to do it in the morning, but it's better to do it late at night than not at all. If you feel that you aren't that much of an active person, maybe you would like to try something, but you aren't sure where to start. I actually have a recommendation for you, a smartphone app that I feel is phenomenal because A, is on your smartphone, so you can always take it with you, and B, because it gives you access to, I think, 2,000 different exercises, and it's called Instant Fitness. What you can do with Instant Fitness, you can choose specific parts of your body to work on, your arms, your back, your abs, your legs, whatever, and they have a bunch of exercises, workouts for each of the sections you choose. Or in alternative, you can choose the workouts they have and you can say, oh, I want to work on my back. Give me a series of workouts that have exercises for my back. And each workout has different lengths. I have the app open in front of me right now. Some are seven minutes long, others are more closer to the 15, 16 minute mark. 10 minute mark. And actually that's another thing that I really like about instant fitness is that even if you only have 10 minutes, you can still really, really get a good workout in with this kind of app. I mean, I know personally, sometimes I've used some of these workouts that are seven minutes, eight minutes. And by the time they're finished, I feel as if I was training for much longer than that. And as Tom Rath said, energizing is actually something that boosts our mood, which I think is very key when it comes to productivity. The second thing that has to do with the third key to energizing yourself and focusing on your own health is getting a good night of sleep. And I asked Tom Rath, what is some advice you actually have? If we want to make sure that we have the best night of sleep possible, what are some things we should think about and do? And here's what he told me. At a conceptual level, we've got to make sleep kind of a personal and a family value so that, mm -hmm. I mean, the first question I ask my two young kids every morning when they wake up is, did you get a good night's sleep? <laughs> and the last thing I would ever do is tell them they need to go sleep as a punishment because that sends the wrong <laughs> message. But yeah, that's what most parents do. So there's prioritizing sleep conceptually is something that's, it's, it's the way our minds process what we learned the day before so we mm -hmm. can tap into that knowledge we needed the next day. And it's what sets our days off on the right foot. So that's at a conceptual level. At a practical level, there are some real simple things that make a difference. Um, everything from 
not having electrical light from devices and televisions and laptops an hour before bed mm-hmm. makes a profound difference. Sleeping in a room that's more like a cave. So it's a few degrees cooler than what you're used to during the day. It's mm-hmm. darker than what you're used to during the day. And you have some way, whether it's earplugs or a white noisemaker, to prevent any sounds that wake you up regularly from disturbing your sleep throughout the night. It's, we kind of have to find a way to uh, build more of a sacred ritual around making sure you at least have a chance to get a good seven or eight hours of sleep. So what do you think? Are you making some of those mistakes? Are you somebody who basically goes to sleep with your smartphone in your lap or actually maybe even fall asleep looking at your smartphone? Is your room a sort of cave? In other words, does it have a bit of a cooler temperature and is it a bit darker compared to the other part of your home? Those are small things that can actually have a very, very big impact on the quality of your sleep. Nowadays, it's also possible to actually get more data, more information about our sleep quality. There are apps. I know I used an app in the past called Pillow. There are smart watches and wristbands, and there are also rings. I actually am using a ring by a Finnish company called Aura, O-U-R-A. And what the Aura ring does is it tracks my activity level, it counts my steps, and it also monitors my sleep. And every morning, I open the Aura app on my smartphone and I can see the information on my previous night. How long did I sleep? How long was I awake? And what about the different stages of sleeping? The deep sleep phase, the REM phase and things like that. I don't want to get too technical with sleeping because I'm not a sleeping expert. But I just want you to know that nowadays we have quite many tools we can use to get more information about, for example, the quality of our sleep or how much we have been sitting during the day or how much we have walked or exercised during the day. So to wrap things up, let's do a quick recap of some of the key concepts to think about and do to become more productive and increase your performance. If you listen to the past episodes and you have your time management strategy technique hack created, then you want to make sure that you try to incorporate the three keys we went over in today's episode with Tom Rath. The first one, that you do meaningful work and are aware of it. Then that you have positive interactions on a daily basis. And even in a case like now with coronavirus, you can still do that through digital tools. Obviously, I'm not saying that it's the same thing, but it's still a pretty good thing. And then the third key is to put your energy and well-being first with a particular focus on activity and getting a good night of sleep. Exercising, breathing, meditation, sports, really whatever you feel like doing that you know will have a positive impact on your well-being, make sure to do that. So here you have it, the three keys to energizing yourself and increase your overall performance. Courtesy of New York Times bestselling author and researcher Tom Rath. This is it for the time management series. In case this is your very, very first time listening to this show, I would highly encourage you to listen to the last few episodes where we covered different aspects of productivity and time management. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite app, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker, whatever app you use, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss on 
any of the upcoming episodes of Hagahelia Porvo Stories. And you may be wondering, Jan, what's coming up? What's coming up? Just tell me what's coming up. Sure, I'm gonna tell you. The next episode series of this show is gonna focus on the topic of digital learning. Because of the coronavirus situation, Hagahelia and many schools and universities around Finland and around the world really have moved their teaching, their learning, their activities to remote only. So things happen only online. And in the next few episodes, you're going to hear more about the topic from the perspective of students. What does it actually mean to learn with nothing but your computer really, or maybe your computer and your webcam? And you will also hear from teachers and their perspective. You're going to hear about what these changes mean, some of the challenges, some of the tools that are used, and even some of the things to think about if you are somebody who would like to design a virtual event or because of the current coronavirus situation, you need to move your event from in-person to online only. I'm Yanni Lunga. A big thank you to Xenia, Miki and Harrison for your contributions during this series on time management and productivity. And also a huge thank you to Tom Rath, who shared his advice with me a couple of years ago and now with all of us here on Hagahelia Porvo Stories.